unfinished business. Dying doesn't have to mean foreclosure or that our end of days are congested by regrets or unspoken words and unrequited feelings. But in a death-phobic culture, many of us live and die with great stores of unfinished business. The result is too many of us feel incomplete when there was so much more to be said and done. This matters because when our love and our anguish and our gratitude die unborn, we fail to become who we truly are. We live life seeking connection, understanding, fulfilment, joy and love and we measure the quality of our days by them. But if our life is ruled by what's in our heads, which serve us so well in our worldly endeavours, we run the risk of dishonouring our hearts. Stephen Levine has said that embarking on what he calls a life review can be a spur to our awakening and our healing. A life review isn't so much an appraisal of past events, so much as a stocktake of our lingering feelings. An acknowledgement of our good works and the healing that could be ours if we were more courageous, more heartful, and an opportunity to claim our birthright by bowing to the truth that there's no one more deserving of our love and our mercy than ourselves. Let's not wait to review our lives on our deathbed, said Levine. Consider the possibility of finishing your business well before your lease is up. Don't allow the mind that's so scared of death, of life, even of its own shadow, to make the decision about clearing the future by cleaning up the past. Offer that decision to your heart, the heart that's so often obscured by unfinished business. Offer it the option of finishing farewells, honouring friends and teachers, directing forgiveness to some and asking for it from others. Sit quietly for a while and bring to mind someone from your past whose kindness touched your heart. Envision yourself speaking to that person. Tell them what they meant to you. Send your gratitude to them as though your hearts were connected. Thank them and when the conversation ends, bid them farewell. Say goodbye to them as if you might never see them again, even in memory. Bring to mind one by one and without haste the friends, teachers, parents, ancestors, comrades, lovers and even pets with whom you feel a kinship, those who have supported the growth of your heart. Tell them how much you appreciate their care and their kindness. Send gratitude into their image. Expressing gratitude for the gifts bestowed by parents, friends, teachers and loved ones can be a beautiful way to acknowledge our abundance and to honour our indebtedness. Another is to seek the healing that comes from forgiving ourselves and others for the pain we've caused through our unconsciousness and to clear the debris that still blocks our heart from opening fully. Levine has offered the following meditation on forgiveness as one way to finish our unfinished business. Bring to mind someone who has caused you pain, not the worst offender, but someone for whom you feel a sense of resentment than hatred or rage. Someone whose memory is unpleasant 
but not so anger-inducing that you cannot soften your belly to their recalled presence. See how far away from their heart that person must have been to treat you that way. How numb and frightened. Just for this moment, as an experiment in healing, touch them with the possibility, no matter how slight, of forgiveness. See how that feels. Notice how the heart longs to be free of its grief. Let it go. Open the fist in which this memory is grasped. Let it float a little freer in the possibility of forgiveness. There's a humility in forgiveness that serves well the forgiven as well as the forgiver. A crucial step in self-forgiveness is the forgiving of others. The quality of forgiveness expands to embrace even our unworthy selves. It's a remarkable process for which we could be truly grateful. Mm-hmm.